I used this gif yesterday as the uh, as Ruiz rolled the ball to second base to get the third out in the eighth inning and got caught out on Twitter saying not to use it for my intro, which made me say, you know what, I think I want to use it for my intro today. So good morning. It is Thursday, August 13th. And your Orioles are still above 500. The Orioles are now 9-7, and seven, a 5-6-3 winning percentage. According to Major League Baseball, we have a two-game winning streak. But we all know the truth is that we have a four-and-a-half-game winning streak, thanks to that Sunday game that is being postponed until Friday, Friday. So I'm interested to see how all this goes. Uh, we'll talk about tomorrow, tonight's game, uh, this afternoon's game, 4 p.m., early start. We'll talk about it in a little bit, and I'm very curious. If the Orioles can win that, then Major League Baseball would say we have a three-game winning streak. So then if we win on Friday, the first game against the Nats, do they then uh, retroactively bump us from a uh, three-game winning streak to a six-game winning streak because they then count in the Nats series because we closed it out with a win. Um, I'm curious about that just as a um, just a weird thing in baseball. And this year is, like 2020, is the year of weird baseball. And we saw that on, what was that, Tuesday night with the Orioles. We saw more weird baseball on Wednesday night. Uh, as the Orioles won again last night, 5-4, to four, Taking down the Phillies again to continue this winning streak. Um, Hanser Alberto had kind of a down game. Three strikeouts, first time in his career he's ever done that. But he did get a walk late in the game as well to help balance it out. Um, great night from Chancisco, who uh, went two for four and got a home run. And it was... Um, it was just it was it it was just great night for him. He was at the just really fighting at the plate. Um, Santander had a good day. Ruiz is having a, a great night. So all good with those guys. Davis even lucked into a base hit where he did a check swing and knocked the ball down the third baseline. Uh, basically, what we've all been asking him to do for four years bunt the ball to beat the shift. You can't beat the shift, so bunt. And that's what he accidentally did and got on base and got a hit. So uh, I don't know. Maybe Davis will learn that that whole side of the, of the field is open for him and he could take advantage. Um, or he could just keep trying what he's trying. He's got a 150 batting average right now. And I'm blanking on who hit the foul pole. If it was Santander, Ruiz, or uh, Cisco, but there was a great home run that you can go back and if you didn't watch the game, go back and check the highlight because you heard the foul pole dong. You heard, or I guess ping. In in football, it's a nice dong, low end sound when a football hits a goalpost. When the baseball hits a foul pole, we never knew what it sounded like because there's always been crowd noise. 
But now we got to hear it last night, and it was a nice ping, high pitch, very obvious that it's a baseball. Um, of course, we all go back and think about that Nate McLeod shot years ago and the debate of whether or not it hit the foul pole, which should be called a fair pole because if you hit it, it's a fair ball and a home run. But uh, it was very clear that the ball hit as it was not initially called a home run, but the umps huddled up and then called it a home run, which they had to do because we all heard the ping. Uh, Behind the plate, the ump last night was one of the worst we've ever seen. It really made me crave for uh, robot umpires. Now, I'm a robot umpire guy. Anyway, I want robot umpires. But when you got a umpire who is not calling the box appropriately and frustrating both teams and not calling anything even consistent, it really makes you have this desire for robot umps. Um, where's this, the other thing with this team is where does this fight come from? Like, this team is a bunch of nobodies. It's a bunch of guys that we pulled off waivers uh, or signed minor league deals. It's guys that aren't supposed to do anything, yet they're fighting and they're winning ball games. Uh, and it's weird. And come on, I'm not complaining. We're all enjoying it. Dwight Smith uh, tweeted, or I guess it's Instagram. That's what the kids do. Instagram. He tweeted, uh, this is why you play the games. And don't listen to the outside noise. And he used a quote from an earlier article from ESPN that stated, that gave the Orioles under 20 and a half wins and said the Orioles might not be able to win 10 games. They are in danger of starting the season 1 and 12. And come on, we all bought into that narrative. I get it that we can call ESPN out because they are the guys that 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 put it together. I made my prediction of like 23 games, I think. And come on, let's be real. I was being super positive. Matt, I think, made a prediction of 15 games. The Orioles are at nine wins. ESPN said they might not win 10. I'm willing to bet that they win number, win number 10. And I think they get it right away. I think they get it tonight, this evening, this afternoon, whatever you want to call a 4 o'clock game that'll, start at, that'll finish around 6.30, 7 o'clock, that might go into extra innings and push to 8 o'clock the way these Phillies-Orioles uh, series has been going. Because we've got Tom Eshelman, who is no win, no loss. He's 0-0. With a 3.68 ERA versus Jake Arrieta, who's one and one with a 2.45 ERA. Well, come on, we all know the story. Jake Arrieta was a bust in Baltimore. He went out, went to Chicago, went to Philly, performed great in both of those towns. But here's what here's where I'm at. Here's my argument. If Jake Arrieta does really well tomorrow, tonight, today whenever it is, then um, there's going to be some PTSD on Orioles Twitter. Frustrated that Jake Arrieta never did because he was part of the Calvary, and we were all hurt by the Calvary. 
But here's the thing. I don't think he is. Because what we all know about Jake Arrieta is his problems in Baltimore. It wasn't his arm. It wasn't his pitch selection. It wasn't the catcher. It wasn't the stadium. It was the head. He had a mental problem that he could not get over in Baltimore. So now we get Jake Arrieta's first time facing the orange and black. And you think fans are going to get some PTSD. Let's see Jake Arrieta. Because I think about this situation. It's almost like all right, it's like if you didn't have a great time in high school, and now here you are going back to your 10-year high school reunion. As soon as you walk in that building, and the only thing that's in Jake Arrieta's favor right now is that it is in Philadelphia. But as soon as you walk into that building, what happens? You go back to the person you were in high school, mentally. And it's something that's really, really hard to avoid. So watch for Jake Arrieta to come back into the Jake Arrieta of old uh, tonight, today, this afternoon for the Philadelphia Phillies. I like this 4 o'clock start, though, because it means right when I end the workday, turn on the Orioles, and uh, ignore the family all through dinner and all that. So... I don't really like it. I like it because we get Orioles baseball a little early. I would rather have a two, uh, 12, 1, or 2 o'clock start. I, like it. I would like a nice crew afternoon game. A 4 o'clock game on a Thursday does not really speak to getaway game, especially when you got to play on Friday a game and a half starting at 5 o'clock on Friday. But either way, we got a 4 o'clock game today, and let's see Jake Arrieta. I can't wait to see um, Jake Arrieta become the Jake Arrieta that we all knew back in Baltimore. Um, let me see. I'm pulling up his stats. Jake Arrieta left Baltimore in 2013. In Baltimore, his ERAs was a 466, a 505, 620, 723, which we would actually kind maybe, maybe we would take him this year with those ERAs. Uh, but since he left Baltimore, it's been seven years or eight years, however you count 2013 to 2020. He's pitched a 366, 253, 177, 310, 353, 396, 464. And like I said, right now he's at a 245. So I expect him to jump back to that 6-7 ERA and give up a bunch of runs to the Orioles today. And I expect Tom Eshelman to do what pitchers have been doing for this team, like Wade LeBlanc, who just does just enough to keep him in the game. Brennan Hyde is, knows how to make all the moves. And Brennan Hyde is really, really impressing me this season. I think he, if this could continue, we all expect this to fall apart. If this could continue... There'd be talks for him for manager of the year. He's making the right moves with pinch runners. He's making the right moves with pinch hitters. He is doing an excellent job using the bullpen. The three batter rule uh, stung with him a little bit today, but that's a rule we can't get around, and so it is what it is. But he's making all the right moves. He's pulling the starters at the right time. He's um, pulling guys. I think, I think of Armstrong coming in just the right time. 
he's just making all the right moves as a manager, and that's really exciting to see for a guy that I thought was a placeholder that did not. I thought Brandon Hyde was as much a part of the future as this team as uh, Alex Cobb or Hansel Albert. Hansel eh, Alberto might be more as any of these guys who are just placeholders. So it's exciting to see that. Uh, Good news on the Orioles farm system as Baseball America listed them as number 12. We'll get into that later this week or next week and some of the top draft picks of the Orioles. I want to get into the fact that later this week we'll get in. I mean, we got one more episode this week, so maybe next week. I want to get into the fact that this year's weird because we can all say we want Ryan Mountcastle to come up, especially with Davis struggling, but... We all don't know what Ryan Mountcastle's doing because there's no coverage out in Bowie. So we'll talk about that again later. But um, right now, again, enjoy yesterday's win, and let's see Jake Arrieta fall apart this afternoon. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's now the home for Section 336, 336 Daily, and Film Study with Ken McCusick. Because it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Everything you want in one place. You can record and edit on the website or the app. If you don't know what you're doing with audio, no problem. And they take care of the distribution. They get you onto iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Spotify, all that stuff. And again, they'll help you monetize it with little ads like this. So go ahead and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.